Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 88 of the Everything Motivating Podcast. I hope you've had a good two weeks, unless you're one of the lucky subscribers to the podcast who got to listen to last week's episode. Obviously, behind a paywall, <laughs> um, because, you know, we put enough hours of this shit, we don't need to do it for free. Um, so thank you to everybody who has supported the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Um, the money, obviously, will be reinvested back into the podcast to buy better equipment, better microphones, all that malarkey that makes the world turn around a little bit easier. Um, I don't know what I'm on about, but it's episode 88. Yes, Mm. episode 88. So I need some riders with number 88, please. We'll start with Cameron because he said he had one. Yeah, oh, well, Big Miguel. Yeah, Big Boy Miguel. And that's it. It was 44. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it was 44 because uh, there was another rider in the class who had 88 prior. No, they had 44. And his 88 forced another rider to change from 88. Who was that rider? Do you know? Jorge Martin. Yeah, let's go. That's the only other one I Makes knew. Sense. Okay. Have we got any others? Yeah, well, we were discussing this after the pod last week that three of them all rode the KTM Moto 2 chassis, which oh, yeah. was Jorge wow. Martin, Miguel Oliveira, and Ricky Cardus. Yeah. Oh, I was like, when did we well. speak about this? <laughs> Yeah, uh, indeed. There's also Andrew Pitt, world super sport champion. Oh, yeah. Good sport. And Hiro Ayama's brother, Shuhei Ayama, in those super bikes, ran 88. Yeah. So did, uh, what's his name? Ryo Mizuno. No, um, yes. Yeah, Ryo Mizuno in the BSB. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Lee, um, who has raced in BSB prior, also runs 88. Matteo Pataka. Was 88. Matteo Pasak is an interesting one. I really thought his career would set off. Mm. Yeah, he showed a lot of promise. Yeah, he showed a lot of promise years ago and is is just stuck in the um, Italian Supersport Championship now. And last but definitely not least, if maybe actually the most important 88 on that list, is our boy Max Flinders in the Moto America series. Who you will see riding around with the Everything Motor Race logos on his motorbike because we Yay. sponsor him way um and support him and all that malarkey um so yes episode 88 um we've got testing and i'll be honest uh none of us uh know what the hell happened in testing well, speak so, for yourself uh, sharp we've literally just spent five minutes talking about the fact that none of us know what happened in testing so yeah, again speak for yourself I'm speaking well, for everybody. I feel like we unless you were in Sepang, you don't know what happened in testing. Yeah. You shouldn't Likes see any of it. Fast. There we go. Not all of them went around fast. Some of them, them, did. Some of them did, yeah. I mean, objectively, everyone went around fast. Just some faster than others. Mm. Is that an objective fact? I'm not sure that's, I, I'm not sure that's an objective yeah. truth, to be honest. Well, I mean, you know, compare it to a Moto3, maybe, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's relative, you know. But anyway. Yeah, good point. Yeah, um, before we actually get into point. it, if you want to see my disgusting face, uh, go on to the Bad Motor GP podcast because I was a guest on there last week and that was very fun, very interesting. Um, and yes, you can go and listen to my thoughts on Moto GP and the current state of affairs of sprint races and all that malarkey and my true opinions on 2015 because I got absolutely grilled about 2015 for some reason um, but yeah go and listen to that if you want um, but yeah so we are on to testing so 
obviously, the end of testing, three days of testing, it was pretty much a Ducati and Aprilia washout on the timesheet. Yeah. Looking at the top nine, it was just Ducati and Aprilia. Um, the entirety of all the Ducatis, apart from Zarco, were in that top nine with, of course, the two factory Aprilia boys in there as well. Yeah. With Marquez breaking the difference, if Marquez was out, Ralph Fernandez would have taken his place to create a top 10. Um, very impressed by Ralph Fernandez, I will add, before mm. we go into any further. Yeah. The fact that he's popped off that KTM and instantly gone into like the 158s after a few days of testing. Really impressive, to be honest. Obviously, we know he's really good. There's a lot of riders and names that I'm actually really impressed by. Fabio Digio has made a huge step. He made yeah. a step at Valencia. He made a step here. Alex Marquez has gelled to that Ducati really well, really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it, was, it is testing, so you can't really take too much from the results because they aren't actually going like full send for it. Um, but, you know, a lot of riders, Luca Marini again, straight to the top. Really impressed by Luca Marini. Ine Bastianini really feels he can fight for the championship now. Your Amir has done better than I expected him to do. So, yeah, at the moment, just from the timesheets, it looks very, very promising. Mm. The, thing many is, riders. the thing is, though, you can't, you can't look at times from testing. That's, that's the important thing. But yeah. it is worth pointing out that Ducati and Aprilia were the only two to do sprint race simulations, hence why they yeah. were at the top of the timesheets, because yeah. they were the only mm -hmm. ones who actually went balls to the wall. Um, Aprilia brought six bikes in the shakedown, ended up only testing the two, so they've probably decided on what they're going to use. Honda just, well, I don't know what they Honda brought. I think they just showed up, to be yeah, honest. They just guessed. They, they, brought, they brought four bikes for Marquez. You know, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's hardly like they weren't trying, but yeah. not, not much worked. Yamaha... Mm -hmm. Fabio seemed to just enjoy the snowplow, but couldn't string a lap together. That's on new tires. It was only on used tires. Yeah. So really, times are not indicative. For me, it was race runs. And that's where the field was much more spread out. Day two was the real indicator for me, where they all did long race runs. And, and there was much more manufacturers in the, in the top standings. So, yeah, final times, disregard, in my opinion. Not worth looking at. Oh, well, thanks for listening, folks. Well, yeah, let's just end it there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see yeah, you next week. Yeah, it's not like we can go in depth. Nobody watched it. <sighs> but yeah. Then what are we doing here? Hmm? <laughs> Fucking wasting our lives away. Um, but there's a lot of interesting things, obviously, that came from each manufacturer during the testing. There were only two riders under the 157s, which is Maridi and Bangnaya. Uh -huh. um, we're basically going to go manufacturer to manufacturer, I think. Probably best to start with Ducati, okay. I think, mm. because they are the world champions. Um, and there's a million a of, of them. Yeah. Yeah. There was like fucking loads of them. Uh, a lot of aero being tested, seems like downwash dot um, ground effect side fairings, mm. um, with Bangnaya preferring them to the old ones. Okay. Um, yeah. He didn't like yeah. them in Sepang, the, the downforce ground effect. Uh, side pods that Aprilia brought mm. um, he didn't like about Valencia they brought a revised version with slightly lesser aero and mm. 
they seemed to work quite well. Um, in the sh- the shakedown was quite interesting as well because Ducati brought um, like little wings upon their wings on the mm. on the side pods, and uh, they they didn't seem to work. They never brought them back out for the actual test, but they were testing like well, pretty much everything under the sun. But uh, Peko have has said that the Ducati are the new Aero has all of the benefits and no drawbacks which is quite worrying for everyone else <laughs> but just what would Ducati you also needed. say that just to sort of make it sound like it's all sunshine and rainbow so you know well the top speeds were still up there yeah. and they were fast so mm. but they, they you don't need to lie when you're world champion so I, I think I think there might be some truth in it and of course we still got port him out to go they could bring something else. So, yeah, when's I think... Mars uh, going to be interesting. When's that? Uh, March and the mom- uh, 13th, in the mom- I want to say. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, and David I, Tar- Davide was incredibly impressed by Alex Marquez. Um, mm, rightly so. That he will prove why he's a world champion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very impressive. Um, but I also said that there's a lot of good points of a new bike, the 2023 bike, but there was one weak point. And what was which that? Which we don't know. He hasn't well, said. that's why I'm saying, <sighs> do we help. think he was just bigging up yeah. everything else just to make it, you know, brush whatever is wrong under the carpet? Or is he just... Mind games. Yeah. Sandbagging is what yeah. he's doing. Or it could just be that the my, my weak point is so weak that the rest is better. We just don't is know, the weak we? point that he's uh, he has number one on his bike? Yeah. The sticker weighs too much. Ooh. No, it, it must be. be something incredibly minor because he's not mentioned it. Like, we know Peko enjoys a good whinge. So he would have been out there telling Ducati sort it out. Mm. So I see no mm. reason to think that they can't iron it out before Portimo. Like, no bike is going to be perfect. But I think Ducati is probably the closest to it in the on the grid at the minute. So, yeah, it's just... I don't know what you can say about Ducati. That hasn't already been said. You know what I mean? They they bring the best stuff. They bring the best bikes. Sign the the best riders near enough. Apart from obviously the the couple of factory boys, they're doing it right. It just seems mm. to be whatever they bring makes a net positive impact. Mm. Whereas other manufacturers, they bring loads of stuff, and ninety nine percent of it is useless how long is that gonna last though like how sustainable is that that it continues to work so well Well, they've got Audi and Lamborghini haven't they they've got Audi and Lamborghini working behind the scenes for them as well like I think Ducati have the best infrastructure out of everybody there like of course KTM have access to like Red Bull engineers and things like that but given everything that Ducati have and all the you know the work that's gone into the company in the back end, there's no reason why Ducati aren't at the top. If they weren't doing as well as well they do, like the people that are working for them, they're experienced. Like I think Ducati are probably the only manufacturer that could rival a mo- like an F1 team in terms of development. Mm. I think a lot of the MotoGP teams are there, but they're not right about there. But Ducati have so much infrastructure that they could easily like, you know, like I said, the, they probably would rival an F1 team in terms of their R&D department and things like that. Well, well they are the just Ferrari. 
but bye. Yeah. Surely. The best way to put it, really, yeah. is that everybody is now where Ducati were in 2017. Because they are bringing, they are taking the shotgun route almost, just firing at a target and hope something sticks. Whereas Ducati is now, they've they done that. the approach. Yeah. yeah. They're doing they've what Mercedes did a few years ago, I think. Yeah. They're when, just refining rather than, than upgrading. Yeah. Because Mercedes and F1, like I hate to bring it up, continue to talk about F1, but um, a lot of teams in F1, you know, they try and make a big step every year, but Mercedes had a great car. I can't remember what it was. And instead of for the next year, instead of going, right, let's dramatically improve this, 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 and this, they went, let's just make a tiny improvement on everything mm-hmm. across the board. And I think Ducati are basically doing the same thing and going, we have a spectacular package here. Yeah. The bike turns now, finally. It's got the top speed. It's got the acceleration. It's got everything. The arrow is bang on. It's spot on. And so now they're just trying to make tiny, even if it's like half a percent incremental gains across the board to then just push the Ducati where it needs to go. And they've got Michele Piro on the bike as well, which his experience is pretty much unparalleled. Less than a second off as well. There is, there's no other rider on that grid who has ridden the bike, the same bike for that amount of time. You know, he's ridden that Ducati since 2013, I think, yep, now, as a test rider. You know, no other rider has that much continuity for the bike, and that helps them tremendously. Yeah. And so I think Ducati now are just trying to make tiny little steps forward. You know, they had a new engine as well like that, and testing things like that, and they're like different aero parts, but they don't really need to make big steps forward. Yamaha need to make a step forward with their engine, you yep. know, and so they're probably focusing all their efforts into that. Honda need to make steps forward everywhere. Mm-hmm. Aprilia again, aero a little bits like that, but no, Ducati don't really. Yeah, Ducati like... could literally just take the whole of the winter off and go, all right, then just wheel everyone back out on GP22s next year and probably still spank everyone. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. a GP22 could probably win 2024. Well, the GP22 topped the timesheet, yeah. It's, well, like I what said, was the Nairon? Was he on a one year old bike and he got third in the championship? Yeah, he was on he was the championship. Yeah. You know, there you go. Like the thing about Ducati is they're in the really envious position. Like they are the one where everyone else wants to be. Because not having to act year to year, like like obviously they won't because you know stagnating is going backwards in MotoGP. But mm. they can almost afford to make mistakes and completely throw out the GP twenty three if it doesn't work and still use the GP twenty two. And they will still win, which is just so such that's sort a luxury of what they did. Position. That's sort of what they did last year when there was a bit of mm. yeah, they don't they, like the twenty two. You know, there was bits of the twenty one that some riders mm. liked better than the twenty two bike. Mm. Like they've had that luxury for at least two years now. So. Yeah, like uh, the engine, the twenty three engine that they tested was um, said to be a little bit too aggressive. Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me if they used the twenty two engine with the different different aero and different chassis. And did they not say that at the start of last year as well when the, they the did. factory guys were on the GP22 they were like it's too aggressive and it's yes, chewing up did. the tires. Yeah. Uh, so they went on a 21.5 or something for a bit. Correct. Until they figured yeah, it out. Zarco and Martin stayed on the chip, tire chewing 22. Yeah. And that, that's I think that, that points to Ducati's agility you know when it comes to to getting the right package there whereas everyone else just seems to be like well this is what we got so deal with it how many times we heard Fabio say this is my package I'll ride with it yeah Yeah. exactly whereas Ducati seemed to be happy to be like all right, well let's find 
what's going to work and win us a title. And it's yeah, doing I think that. Ducati's bike is so user friendly. Like the fact that Alex Marquez has hopped off the Honda onto the Ducati and is instantly with and beating other Ducati riders. Yeah, you know, it's instantly there. Like it just shows how user friendly the bike is across the board. Like it's half a second from Luca Marini's time. Yeah, it so just shows across the board. Quicker. Like and then Honda yeah. time. Yeah, so he's just basically shown already that there is, like, Luca Marini's time is within, like, it's 0.99 from the lap record that Jorge Martin set in qualifying this year. Yep. Yeah. Qualifying like, was on a 22, may I add? Like, on the yeah, but this is so, this is so on brand for Luca Marini, though. Like, mm. It's take you know it takes them a bit longer to get used to the bike and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Like this year is going to be really big for him, I think. Like it doesn't matter if on the podium on the on the same bike, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. He, was on the he has last year. so much more experience than you know everyone for someone on the who's grid. a slow burner. Yeah, like, yeah. That that is ideal to just have the same package two years in a row. Like that. Yeah, race wins should be attainable. They've planned this to perfection to Caddy and that. He must have known somewhere yeah. down the line. Yeah. Like, like he, he, you know, he, it's not like he's going to suddenly just gel with something after years of not doing that. Yeah. So they, well, like, for, for Ducati to, like, play a blinder on management, what is going on? Like, Well, for them to be two steps ahead on the bike, it would make sense for them to be two steps ahead in this scenario, too. Like, they yeah, knew this was coming, yeah. Like, their manager's never been their strong point, does it? So, all of a sudden, it's all just sort of pieced together. It's like a jigsaw. Yeah. And now you can see what's going on, and it's like, oof. But this is a real problem for everybody else, because they are so far ahead at the minute. Like, yeah. where do you go from you if you're someone else? And But the only thing bringing, I can... Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> if you bring like loads of parts and they're nowhere near where you want them to be, where'd you go from there when Ducati's is already working better than yours last year? Yeah, I know. It's like, fucked. <laughs> well, I was just going to say the only thing I can think that would drag Ducati down is if their two main guys start battling against each other. I've said it like a million times on the podcast in the run up to the start of the season anyway. Like, that's the only downfall I can possibly see for. The factory team, at least. Yeah, the factory team for sure. Wins it, so it's fine. Well, that, that's it. I think um, if that does happen <laughs> with the factory guys, another Ducati is just going to pick up the pieces. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, and then they get the factory seats. So, yeah, because yeah, exactly. like we, we all say about the amount of Ducatis, but they didn't fill the top eight spots or anything. You know what I mean? Like they they were fairly spread throughout the field last year. Yeah. So with rider improvements, you know, second years coming off different bikes. I think we're going to see a lot more Ducatis in at the top this year. And then this is when the real complaining is going to start. Because th- there's a good chance, you know, that we could see top five, top six lockouts from Ducati. I mean, yeah, it pretty I much was so. last year. Mm. Apart from, I mean, maybe one bike was getting in the way, but that Alish. was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Alicia <laughs> was taking that last podium spot. Alicia and Fabio. It. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Did we say that? But did we see one old Ducati podium last year? I don't think we did. I don't know, mm. but can we spend about twenty minutes talking about Ducati? Yeah. Well, they okay. got the boys' bikes. We, uh, 
step on, step over to another one. Yeah, sure. Because uh, otherwise we'll be late till like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I mean, it almost uh, is 10 o'clock at night, so I don't know. Literally, yeah. we're going to be until 11 o'clock. I want to watch a new episode of you. God. Oh, yeah, know. fair. No, okay, let's get this done. Okay, yeah. let's wrap this up. Let's go, let's yeah, go. let's go, let's mm-hmm. go, let's go. Um, we'll go to Prelia, um, because they have four bikes on the grid now. With, of course, the sensational Ralph Fernandez on there, Miguel Oliveira, Maverick Vinales, and, of course, Alessio Spargo. I think, genuinely, the strongest quadra of riders on the grid. What's it? Quartet. That's it. Strongest quartet. Quadra. Quadra riders on the grid. Quadrant? <laughs> Quadra. No, it's qu- no. quartet. Yeah, Quadra is not yeah. the right word. Yeah, I can tell quartet. you that. It's quartet. Quartet. It's quartet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The strongest quartet Group of riders of four. on the grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy band. Um, strongest pack. I don't know. What was with Raul? Oh, so yeah. Miguel Oliveira is riding a 22. A 22. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the bike Alish hopped off at Valencia is what Fernandez and Miguel tested. Okay. And is that, that what they're getting next year? Oh. No. This year. No, they're okay. getting they get in 23s. Right. But in order for comfortability purposes, RNF got 22s for the test because they only right. rode the 22s at the end of Valencia once. Interesting. Right. Obviously, yeah, Portimao, they'll be getting current equipment. Well, that seems a bit silly. Juicy. No, I disagree because it's not... Aprilia, again, like Ducati, are going to be an evolution, not a revolution, but it's going to be near enough the same. Okay. Just a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't need to reinvent the wheel of Prilia, do they? No, 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 they're there. Very interesting though that Ralph Fernandez basically improved his lap time from qualifying at Sepang by over a second mm. on a different bike. Miguel Oliveira only finished in fifteenth in the test. They only that's still within a second of P one. Um, mm. But he basically said that he was trying to do a time attack and couldn't hook up the lap, which yes. is that, that happens unfortunately at times. You know, you, you just can't put that lap down. That's all right. But that is promising as well. The fact that he's within a second of P1. We know this though in MotoGP that within a second means you could be 20th. Yeah. Um, yes. But it just shows he's already competitive on the bike, at least. And given the fact that he's had so little time on the bike, you know, he's had two tests, he's probably ridden a maximum of 300 laps on that bike in total, I would say. And the fact that he's already within a second shows us a lot more potential to be found from that bike, especially oh, yeah. when, you know, Maverick Vinales and Lacey Spargo have got full seasons on it Alicia's obviously been on it for a long time that's really really good and Ralph Fernandez again like I said the fact that he is already eight tenths off of P1 and he's pretty much he's, he was a rookie last year in MotoGP and again he's spun about less than 300 laps on the Aprilia and he's already knocking on the door of that top 10 yep. super impressive super yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's I, gonna piss a lot of Aussies off that Raul's doing so well in there. But mm. uh, I mean, if Remy was in that position, you you know, I don't he think could he be, would doing be doing the same does. thing. Disagree. You don't know that though. Disagree. That's the thing. They were both on such crap bikes last year. In comparison, yeah, Remy's done well in World Superbike. Well, that's as well, the like thing. His, He's um, jumped on that bike and done incredible so far. So, like Remy would. Remy would probably match Raul by mid-season, but Raul is quicker out of the box. So I couldn't see Remy being where Raul is now. So I think I think the right choice was made on who they kept, at least. 
But we'll find, well, we'll never find us. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's it. But Remy wins World Superbikes this year out of nowhere. It's about the GP, right? 2024. Boom, easy. Yeah, next time. People don't go up from World Superbikes to. Yeah, it's a one-way street, isn't it? Yeah, that doesn't happen. That will yeah. annoy a lot of people. Move up to MotoGP. A lot of people Ooh. say move across or to move MotoGP. A- yeah. Well, if so it wasn't a cross move, it would happen more often, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. You lot are all controversial as shit today. Controversial. Yeah. Okay, move across, but oh my not God. across. Yeah, yeah more um, clearly abroad. So, like, a lot of aero, I would Yeah, oh, yeah they're hmm. text bikes that was... This uh, was a shakedown. Savadori had six. <laughs> yeah, the shakedown. Savadori was there, right? The shakedown. The the shakedown for Savadori. He was there, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the garage shots. Every bike was like wildly different, apart from the two twenty two bikes he was testing. Like yeah. the, every twenty three they brought was wildly different in terms of aero, and they all seemed to work. So they've got uh, they're spoiled for choice now. Um, I know Maverick tested the one that had the it's like weird little vent slats coming out of the side of the, the fairing mm. and it must be for like really weird turbulent air behind or something I, I, it has to be because it's directional almost under the rider right I, it, I, mm. I, don't, I don't know how to explain it to a level that so people would understand Oh yeah, no, that's but just like insult the whole for fucking audience. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. My, my my ability <laughs> to explain is... it correctly. So you're a genius, Jacob, and yeah. we're stupid. <laughs> okay, no, we get it because yeah. I don't have the words to explain what I, is in my brain. Just right. go look at a picture of it, guys. Yeah, yeah. like I, what I think is like the arrow would meet coming out of the tail and be, but it would be dirty air, which would disturb someone behind them. Right theory. So yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna know my head. That and... Anyway, yeah, but like not deliberately a lot of the time, is it? It just mm. happens due to to the wing. You can't start arguments again, Jacob. No, like no, it's just dumbing it down. For are us. we talking about testing or are we talking about fucking who's better than who? Oh, as you said, it like <laughs> no, I'm, I don't know. You know, like with you know, clearly Fabio ain't gonna win it this year. But so, anyway. are we talking about? So are we talking about Fabio? We're talking about fucking Aprilia <laughs> and their fucking it. testing. You started it. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say God is like sake. I think Aprilia have designed a bike that deliberately creates dirty air. Whether they'll use it, I don't know. Because mm, then it'd be quite Mario hard to Kart in it. Dirty air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They got a Basically little blue throwing shell. a banana behind you, like <laughs> banana, banana yeah. pool. Like whether slick. they'll use it, and also. Um, on the f- wet day, um, Miguel tested the little spoiler. He did. Which was quite away. interesting. Yeah, you saw it. Good man. I saw it. Yeah, yeah in the wet. I, in the it rain. didn't work anyway. I had, I had so many messages from people calling me a teleaerial. Yeah. And I was like, like that too. Yeah, yeah, but yes, he tested that and Vinales and Aleish were testing 2023 aero packages. Mm-hmm. Um, they were using the full 2023 bikes. Um, they haven't decided on the aero, no, the engine yet. So, yeah. Aleish said that they're going to che- check the aero at Portimao. Mm. Ducati have also said they'll finalize everything at Portimao because it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, very Aleish interesting. didn't seem happy. Aleish doesn't ever seem happy. You could fucking win the lottery and he'd yeah. be pissed off somehow. No, um, like, he did seem genuinely disappointed with the engine. Like, I think he expected more. Yeah. 
And oh, combine sense. that with what he said about having to be top five every race now. That is like bare minimum. That's what you have to do in a fucking championship. Yeah. If you want to win but it. like he said, he's no, they're no longer the underdog and he's right. So now they have yeah. to start acting well, like They've it. lost their concessions. I mean, he was what? He did block a what? 329.8 on average, mm. which put him 10th overall on top speed. So it's not that bad. This is when Vinales did a 331.6 average. is only 0.7 off of Bezzecchi in first. Mm. He was only fourth in the average time. So it's not really that bad. It's just Aleish being a fat bastard on it. I'm, I'm just being Yeah, Aleish is um, the furthest thing from fat you will ever see, wouldn't it? Yeah, Aleish is not. Aleish is a <laughs> he looks tiniest, like a, a chicken wing that you've just finished. Like, he's not yeah, like done him at wing. all. Yeah, but like, he's just heavier, isn't it? Like, unfortunately, that's just the shit that happens. But um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting though because Oliveira's said he's gunning for a factory seat in Aprilia. And he'll get um, it. I'm very interested to see how what can play out. I think this will be Alicia's last two seasons of MotoGP anyway. Yeah. This was meant to be his last anyway. That's what happens um, when he started winning. He's well, he's said that for away. years now that he's going to... And then he got better and better and better. And like, yeah, the retirement he's been he's been saying about this for years now. And then the retirement always seems to be getting pushed back and back and back. The better he's getting, quite rightly right, in my opinion. Like a, doing the opposite of Rossi, didn't he? He's pretty <laughs> yeah. um, like Nine world championships. <laughs> so by this yeah. logic, Alicia's is going to win the title at like 39, 40 years old. Then. Yeah, well, what age is he um, now? If he won nine world championships, he's thirty three, I think. Well, oh my god, if he won nine world championships, he'd be 42 and he'd be the same age as Rossi at retirement like age. Button. Oh, Alicia yes. Sago, confirmed, sorted. Nice. Hell yeah. But yeah, um, so that's a prillia. So on to Honda. Honda, 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 Honda. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. What was Marquez say? The quote was, "This I cannot win the championship with this bike. Yep. Well, this bike is not good enough to win the championship. Not the first time he said Oopsie. something like that. He's going to fucking leave Honda. I'm putting it down now. Like, the thing is, right, this is the difference between Honda and Yamaha and the other thing, other manufacturers. The other manufacturers are constant, consistently making steps forward, constantly doing well. They're also European. It just seems, right, maybe it's my ill-informed opinion, like the Japanese manufacturers prefer to listen to the thoughts of their engineers more than the thoughts from the actual guys, you know, going around and riding the bikes. Whereas yeah. yes, the no. European manufacturers actually listen to the riders and their input and kind of, yeah, take that on board instead of just going like Yamaha for years. Oh, we need a faster engine. All right, here's some new aero instead. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Here's a new swing arm. Enjoy. Like and not Mark like, is just not happy. He's making some serious threats now about leaving Honda. It's very mm, yeah. I juicy. don't think it's a coincidence that yeah. the Japanese were really set back during COVID because Honda yeah. and Yamaha followed the same pattern. Yeah, of course. Um, like clearly, they took the lockdowns more seriously this time. The other, you know, actually stopped work, and the the Europeans didn't. Quite simply, and now Especially they're the Italians. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and now they're reaping the rewards for it. Honda, unfortunately, mm. like much like the rest of the world, COVID just completely lost them to the you know an essential you. But then, what about Suzuki? Yeah. But Suzuki, yeah, Suzuki did fine until they decided well, to. They can do, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like Suzuki, when we were just like, Neh. 
they weren't the winning manufacturer, were they? At that, like in 2019, really. So they could only improve. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed by Yoan Mir, though. Yeah, for sure. Given he's come off that smooth, sexy Suzuki onto the Honda. See, that says to me that the Honda actually isn't that bad. It just lacks the 1%. Yeah. The thing as well is, the difference between Rins and Mir, like the seven places apart from timesheets, Rins 19th, Mir 12th, it's literally like two temps between them. No, mm. it's a temp. It's a temp. Yeah, no, two temps is. Yeah, literally, like yeah, they, yeah. They, they're glued together. They were all test. Like, but like you, if you if you saw one, the other was within three spots of them. Like for yeah, it's the bulk very of it. interesting. Like the fact that they have done all right. To be fair, I mean, having Ken in there is really good. Alex Rin said about having obviously Ken in there. Mm. I can't remember his surname. Ken Kawauchi. Kawauchi. Yeah, that's it. Um, Rin said that. Rin said that it was really good, really, really good, really, really happy that he's there because he knows how, you know, he knows Rin's strengths, he knows Rin's weaknesses, and he really can help him adapt to the Honda, mm. but alternatively help Honda adapt to Rin's and your mirror and how they ride the bike and make the bike basically better overall. But they just need to listen now. Like, well, Mark is saying about the Honda and that it's shit, you know, and like, but all four Honda riders have all basically complained about the same things as well. Yeah. It's so always Honda been the Honda culture, really... though. The bike, the bike is the important... The guy on top of it is less important. It's mm. always been their culture. And they're starting to change very slowly, like bringing in Kalex, bringing in Akrapovic. Like, they are doing... like Yeah, they have to. Akrapovic now building the bike, pin with the uh, development of the exhaust instead of Honda doing it in-house and slapping a logo on it. Mark mm. has been tested four different bikes. One Mark of them. also went out with no aero yep. on his bike. And Bradle. Did 12 laps and Bradle as well. Um, Mark has said the bike felt weird. It felt unstable, but he also remarked that the bike wasn't set up to be ridden without aero as well. Yeah. But, like it's going to feel unstable. You know, it's designed with aero from the off. Like imagine mm-hmm. ripping a spoiler off an F1 car. That's basically what they've done. So why did yeah. they do that? I assume just to, get just, to test. just to see what it was like. Yeah, yeah. See what it was like. Like, that's the whole it. point, I guess, was just to see how it performed. And, yeah, and, uh, and all you had was people going, oh, it's such a pretty bike now. But who cares if it's slow, though? Yeah, because it, it looks like, like it's smiling. Mm. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> And also, uh, one of I'm Marquez's so bikes had um, a 2018 swing arm on it, weirdly. Yeah, the Honda, not Kalex design. It was a non Kalex one, yeah. Mm, really weird aero on it as well. Mental. I, I don't know what the goal was with that. Well, if it's more based on what Mark was riding when he was at 100%, if he, you know, he's been saying he's physically 100% again, maybe they're trying something a bit, a bit out there. Maybe mm. they had a brand new chassis as well, weirdly. All the mounting points are different to, to normal. This very strange one, and mm. and it was thrown out by the end of the test, so clearly didn't work. It's a very odd one, though, to bring up such a regression. You know, like five years five years ago, that swing arm, like that's that smacks a bit of desperation to me. Or maybe they were, I don't know, maybe they were just seeing the progression and sort of. Maybe Mark yeah. had been suggesting that he wanted something that they used before, and they were going, "Well, it's not yeah. going to work." See how it how yeah. it works against the other one, you know? Because 
It's like if you want to do a back to back, you do the pre calyx swing arm, wouldn't you? All oh, right, I don't know. I'm like... just suggesting <laughs> why they've decided just to do data. this. It's all data. It's all data, numbers. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a. Uh, I wasn't there. I don't know. Confused the hell them. Of me now, did. I'm like, just trying to come up with some Ducati answers. Bringing a 2018 item. Why not? You just couldn't, could it? They bring Dolby what? back. Yeah, <laughs> the 2018 Dolby. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Marquez says that his physical condition is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, which said that Honda are clearly not where they want to be, but did say that it was very positive that Marquez's condition is good. Also very much praised Mir as well. Mir says that he feels better on the bike every day. Again, big positive for Mir. Very interested to see how he'll get on as time goes on. And, you know, the laps are actually being put in and mm. these guys are going hell for leather on the racetrack. It'd be interesting to see how he'll last over an entire race as well. It's going to be the last two, one to two percent for me. That's going to be the real struggle for me. Mm. Like he, he's going to get thereabouts, and then to make up those final couple of tenths on that Honda, he's going to really struggle. Yeah, what'll yeah. be the difference with him and Mark? But they will it's figure interesting it. Though, because Mir on the average speed, average top speed, is of twenty-two riders, he's twentieth. With a massive wow. 4.5 kilo kilometers cool. an hour <laughs> difference to P1, whereas Marquez only has what 2.4. So Mir's 2Ks down for whatever reason. Corner exit. Mm, I definitely think Mark's, it's how they would yeah, Mark's, leave um, corners and Mark's strength is always low speed corners, handbrake and get out when a Yeah, so it could just be like that, but it depends because obviously. It will be a lot to do with corner exit more than it will be um, the wingless bike as well was actually slower on the top speed which was really interesting. The corner exit as well. Why? Why would you be surprised by that? Because clearly it shows that the aero works. Well yeah that's But like I don't think it would be slower. No no that's that's surprising. Like Mugello or Qatar where you know you go into the upper reaches of the air. I think the wingless bike would be faster there. But I think where you trade off corner exit, uh, keeping the front down with the aero, uh, compared to the smoothness then of a a non-wing bike, I think the trade-off is not worth it. So I think wings are just going to be here to stay after this. Like, eventually they're just going to be all-wing bikes, in my opinion. It's going to be great. Right. I don't know what your point is. But my point <laughs> is that why would you test a wingless bike knowing it's... Comparison, it's, it's testing. Da, 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 yeah, like I tried to come up with fucking... an example and you shot me down. I, I didn't shoot you down, you well, just took it like that. I said well, maybe they brought something cold. <laughs> that's gaslighting to a T. Bloody wait till this season starts I can't wait I cannot yeah. wait you just have your fun it's all fine Carry notice on. how he brought Fabio Quadrara up before I did and mm. I'm the one that's apparently obsessed mm. well Dex said we're not mentioning people so I said Fabio deliberately <laughs> <Very funny>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, right <laughs> Let's move to uh, KTM. Yes. Um, Jack Miller. Rubbish. Beaver Miller. In a second or second to P1. 
Not bad. Um, I don't know how, what to expect from Jack. Mm. I well, I did expect a little more from him in testing, but it is yeah. only testing, I suppose. But I don't know. If everybody went in with the same kind of mentality, you kind of think you'd be a bit further up there, I suppose. Yeah. Um, how close is it to Brad on average? A half a second-ish. Hmm. I don't know. I maybe would have expected a little more, but... Yeah, to be fair, though, so. right, he was within a tenth of Brad Binder. Like, although I'm like, hmm, he was within a tenth of Brad Binder, which shows that maybe it's not a Jack issue and more of just a KTM issue. Um, they were testing new aero and things like that. Paul Spargaro has basically just hopped on that gas gas and he's the fastest gas gas slash KTM. Yeah. Um, in the test, he has just hopped back on it and baby, honey, I'm home. You know, he is <laughs> straight on it. And yeah, I'm genuinely quite impressed. The, um, <laughs> such a weird way of new phrasing engine. that. <laughs> what the honey, I'm home. <laughs> It is there, isn't it? It's like, how do you man? Is it is that what it's like? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. Well, he hasn't fucking ridden it in two years and now he's coming back. So of course it's honey I'm home. Stop making it weird. Um <laughs> but yeah, and so he's done quite well considering that was the fastest KTM. Okay. Yeah. He did well. What? Back, back with his honey. Yeah, yeah, back with his baby. Back well, he fucking, baby. he literally just said, like, honey, I'm home himself, didn't he? Oh, did he? Oh, that oh. makes it not weird. That's fine. Okay. He literally, like, he said, what is it? I thought you just pulled that out of your arse, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like everything said, else. Yeah. I can't remember where he said it, but yeah, he said ah. something along those oh, lines. So he did. So. Did you okay, dream yeah, this? Gotcha. You dreamt yeah. this, didn't you? Yeah, I'm gaslighting you into thinking that you said it when you didn't. Um, Gas gaslighting me. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do. Um, Okay. But yeah, KTM, I don't know. I think they need more, to be honest. Like, yeah, looks like they've got something there. Well, they had a crap bike last year. There's no other way to put it. it. They would have needed to take a massive step. And this is what we're saying. No one's going to be able to take a massive step in one year. This is hopefully the start of a progression for KTM and having Jack there can only be, and Paul as well coming back, you know, it can only be good for them. They did show a sign of taking a big step at Valencia though, um, in the race, but here we are. Yeah, because they had the new chassis. Yeah. Those new parts that Brad Binder was absolutely raving about that did well very quickly. Yeah. Um, Jonas Folger being in the um, fold, I'm not sure how that's going to benefit them, to be honest. Like, yes, he's fast and he can put laps in, da, 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 but I'm not Should have got Sylvan. confident on this. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Sylvian would have been great, but he's, he's riding for Suzuki in the um, EWC. Ah, true. So. Still be contracted. Like, yeah. I'm um... not too confident on his ability to test a bike, but the same way, if they are looking for a long-term guy, because Folger's is quite young, you know, the same way Michaela Piro was very young when he became the Ducati test rider, mm-hmm. it could actually work out in their favor. In 10 years. Um, yeah. Especially when Danny Pedroza is, you know, getting on a bit. Like, how old Danny now? He's probably 40 odd. No. No. 37. That's not 40. Yeah. If you said someone who's 27 is 30 odd, they would kill Absolutely you. Absolutely not. So, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> but I didn't 
you know, I thought he may like 40 or nearly 40. Um, I'm going to tell him. He's in his L, like prime here. Danny oh, yeah. Danny's always Danny's always in his prime. Exactly. So he's going to win it, I Yeah. Oh my God. That's... Yeah. I forgot there's in a wild card. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah, legit. I love Danny. Like, honestly, like, I don't have too many favorite riders, like, at all, or riders I prefer. Danny Pedroza is, like, top two, top two, top three. Love like, Danny. He's just such a good guy all over, you know. Yeah, fucking love him. Um, it's always nice to see him back on the bike as well. Um, and, yeah, it's just interesting to see. I don't know. Like, Jack Miller did have a crash at T1 as well. Maybe it was dented his confidence a little bit. Um, but... And obviously the rain, they were testing a lot of new fairings and things like that. It had a new front fairing as well. The front of the bike, it was like, it looked a lot skinnier, a lot smaller. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, just not much to really report about KTM. How'd Fernandez kind of, do? Uh, he was dead last. But to be fair, he broke into the 59s, um, 1.7 off, which honestly is just matching Raul and Remy from last year at this point. Like, but... Raul at Sepang went half a second faster than Augusto did. Raul's what, best last time last year? year at the Sepang's test, yeah, was a one fifty nine one. Augusto Fernandez's best time was a one fifty nine six. Half a second. That does not scare well for Augusto whatsoever. Well, you're hoping though that Paul doing well is maybe Translate. a sign that the bike isn't as bad as it was last year, so that it's just Augusto taking some time to adapt. Yeah, he's not really he's been, been on it. So no, I don't think he's been like he's just been more, you know, learning the bike. Yeah, you know, like, he's been running a lot of like the last year's bike still. Um, he was though Augusto Fernandez for quite a while. On day one, was the fastest RC sixteen. <laughs> yeah, um, really. He did shave half a second off of his best lap as well. You know, and he's under two minutes now as well. You know, it's probably the fastest he's ever been in. He's run a lot of last year's parts. He has had a new seat and tail unit now. Um, with Binder testing Paul's bike quite a bit as well, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, it's too early to be like, oh yeah, this is happening. Da, 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 da. But the fact that Paul and Miller and Binder were all within or just over a tenth of a second with one another is is positive, I think. And Augusto Fernandez is only six tenths back, so. He'll get yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he gets so, sacked first. Who knows? Yeah. I've, I'm surprised yeah. they haven't announced it already. Yeah. Yeah. Like Acosta. fucking El Pedro Costa. <laughs> <laughs> and Alta Costa now. Um, but yeah, going on to finally on to Yamaha. Mm. So, new engine. It's faster. Fabio Cotaro was seventh overall on the average top speeds. Uh, only 1.9 kilometers an hour back on Marco Bazzetti, who was obviously on the 22. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Yeah, that's where the speed trap got, is. Yeah, the speed trap's in the braking zone. Is it? Well, that makes yeah. sense. Oh, fuck's sake. that yeah. also that also going back to the wings stuff we were talking about earlier. Obviously, um, that means that the wings, the wingless bikes are going to be going slower because you probably have to brake earlier with them because you've not got as much, you know stopping power probably but anyway we're not talking about that yeah because the, the wings will obviously push the front down when you are braking yeah so um, you can brake a little bit later a little bit harder with wings but um, yeah anyway it's they've, um, they've basically been testing new aero quite a, a bigger aero than we saw in Valencia 
Um, Timesheets weren't great for Yamaha, though, with Fabio Cotteraro as the fastest Yamaha in 17th place. Juicy. Um, a full second off the pace. Franco Morbidelli was three places back within a tenth of Fabio, which is good. Franco seems to found his mojo, I think, at this test. Um, he's looked positive all weekend long. He's done some really good laps. Calcutta um, has obviously done a lot of work to try and aid the bike and push it in a good kind of direction. Um, the new engine is quite promising. Both of them were at the top of the speed trap charts as well. Um, new chassis have been tested. Obviously, some new downward duck. But that lap time is just like it is testing, of course. Um, but it's just a bit worrying. Fabio would have gone faster if he could have. Because he wanted yeah. that one lap and he wanted that hot lap. To yeah, and I think it obviously and it didn't happen. Lo- losing a lot of day two obviously hindered them mm-hmm. because they... Yeah, just obviously because it rained so you couldn't put the lap time in. <laughs> Fabio did clock in a 3.35.4 mm-hmm. which was his fastest top speed but obviously that was we're going on averages uh, thanks to Chris Pike by the way a lot of this data is from Chris Pike on Twitter um, he is amazing at getting this data and yeah Fabio is averaging top 7 the speed trap which is great it just now needs to be where they've gained on acceleration it will hinder them in other areas like braking um, their top speed obviously means that You'll be going faster into the corner, braking more. So it just depends because then it'll use more tires. So it just depends basically on how the rest of the bike will then be able to adapt to this higher top speed as well. So I don't know, Yamaha looking good. I'm not sure. Fabio did the most laps on day three, if I'm not wrong. Have a look. Is there a way to see? We've got... Is it total? There are numbers next to things on the timer sheets, but I think I think that is how many laps they've done after each day. Uh, 48 laps on day three, it looks like. No, Vinyaz did 50, it looks like, if these numbers are correct. But he's done a lot of laps. What's the numbers just... to the... The right, sorry. Yeah. Like, I can't see by now doing eight laps on day two. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, there you go. Go on to the actual, like, day one, day two, day three. That's got their total lap. That's what I'm so looking Fabio at. Fabio did 60. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong one. Oh. Sorry. So yeah, yeah on lap 63. 63. 63 laps and on lap 48 was his best time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think, like again, you can't really judge too much from the timesheets um, because... Yeah, it's a complex weekend, isn't it? Yeah, complex and there's, there was rain, days. there was dry. The, the, the track isn't at its optimal conditions when yeah. they go to the racetracks. Um, that's when they obviously are running at a better... Kind of, you know, they're running their optimals, but Fabio has actually been quite happy about the top speed gains because mm-hmm. obviously, when we look back to Valencia, he was not happy whatsoever. You know, he felt like Yamaha really didn't, they took a step back from the Mazzano test prior where the bike was a lot faster, but mm. he does, he's quite upbeat about the gains. He says that there's still some work to be done, but he says it's quite understandable with the opening day of the test. Um, yeah. I wonder if he's sandbagging a bit. In what he's saying, because to get that much in speed, he has Mm. to be happy. Maybe he's letting off a little bit around the lap, you know. He's not actually trying to put in a proper lap. 
is letting off a tiny bit so that he's not that high on the... Um, maybe Yamaha mm. both are doing that. I don't know. Maybe they are trying to... I think Frankie's genuinely caught up a bit to Fabio. Mm. Hopefully they're oh, yeah. on a much equal play. Like Frankie seemed to have a, a, a decent enough test, but, you know, maybe they're just not giving too much away. Mm. How I did think Frankie so. do last year? Get up. Um, do what? I'll get the uh, timesheet up. Because <laughs> when you look at Honda, they're openly saying, we're shit. Whereas mm. with Yamaha, they're not really saying, well, I haven't heard them say that much about Fabio it. Fabio has said that they cannot do one lap. On one lap. Yeah. yeah. That's right. the only negative I heard, unless I'm missing really something. Really good on used tyres, but can't do a lap mm. on new tyres. That's a big negative, though, in a year with sprint races. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So Fabio at the Sepang test last year. They only did two days last year. But Fabio uh, did a 58.3. This year, he did a 58.9. So definitely some sandbagging going on there, I think. Mm. Oh, yeah. How can your top speed? Yeah. How can you gain on top speed and go slower? Yeah. Well, mm. I don't know. Ask Ducati from 2017. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting, like, looking back on last year, like, the lap times were slower, though, because Nea went to a 58.1, and now Marini's four, no, three times faster than that this year. Hmm. Quite interesting. Well, who else would have been making that much of a step in speed apart from Yamaha? So I don't see the speed getting much faster, to be fair. No, it is weird. Like, I don't know. Very intriguing. I'm going to, I'm very, I'm going to hold my breath on Yamaha. I don't, like we said, I think they might be just holding some in reserve, you know. Yeah. Don't go and do a fast lap. Don't do this. Just keep it chill. Or mm. maybe they went out with a without a transponder. I don't know if that's allowed. No, uh, no I know on the shakedown. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Mm. Um, so they had to run a transponder. So yeah, maybe they're just like just chill because uh, what the only thing I can think of is the lap time's not there because obviously when you have a fast top speed, the engine's being stressed out more, and then the more stressed out the engine is, the more prone it is to breaking down and destroying itself. So maybe they were just trying to evaluate over a race distance because mm. obviously Fabio did quite a few uh, race runs. I think he did three. Yeah, have a look at day two where Yamaha were the race run. Well, day. that's the thing. He's fourth yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, so... It's just new tyres on the balls out lap. That's their issue. Mm. Yeah, so I think potentially they are just more trying to just evaluate how this new engine works over with stress and pressure on it over a lot of laps because obviously Fabio did what 63 laps on day three on that new engine mm. so maybe they're just not going for outright lap time there they know it's there Fabio can do the lap time he's done it before you know he's got yeah. on the podium and the pang and he did really well last year and I think they might just be trying to evaluate how the engine does because as we saw not last year maybe the year prior I think maybe in the year prior to that when Aprilia brought out a brand new engine and it was fast and it was really good but they had to tune the whole thing back mm. at Portimao, I think it was, because it kept blowing up. It wasn't yeah. anywhere near as good, so they had to tame it back. So I think Yamaha are just trying to basically not repeat Aprilia's mistakes and just be chill. I think at Portimao and the test there, I think we'll see a more 
once they've obviously evaluated this data and gone, right, okay, the bike's good here, it's weak here, it's, you know, the engine's getting more stressed out here. What can we do to evaluate that and change that so that when we come to doing fast laps, it can do it, but then it can also last the entire race because the last thing we want, the Yamaha need or want, is a situation like they had a few years ago when, in 2020, when they, their engines were blowing up left, right and centre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would make sense for them to keep their cards close to their chest until they 100% know yeah. what's going on. Plus, it, yeah. you know, for their competitors. Yeah, absolutely. It confuses absolutely. them, yeah. Yeah, because you never know then at that point. Like, top speeds are very interesting. Like, um, like Cotterara, 334.3, 3, day 3. Um, 335.4, day 2. They won 334.3. And then you look at the top guys, Bagnaia, for example, and Vinales are 337.5. Only 3Ks off. So it's, it's clearly got the speed now. It's just about basically managing it over an entire race now. It's just interesting yeah. that this speed trap is in the breaking zone. Because obviously that... Every yeah, speed just, trap so, is in a breaking zone now, though. Why? Is it? Because bikes are so fast now that the way the speed traps were on the 500s and they were just hitting 200. They've not moved. Uh, I see. Yeah, so they're having a break. So like that, like yeah. totally disregard that because every single speed trap, even Mugello's is in a breaking zone now. Really? Jesus Christ. Um, so that, like when everybody says, oh, disregard is in a breaking zone, it's the same on every single track. Fair. Everybody's it's in, in the, the same, same spot for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I think it will be interesting seeing the yams at Portimao as well because Typically, they do all right there. So yeah, yeah, usually. Yeah, they do all right. It's gonna be very interesting. So, from testing, what can we, what can we uh, take from testing? Well, Ducati are gonna be the constructors' champs. Yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> Marini is potentially a championship contender. <laughs> no, race winner. Well. Let's be realistic <laughs> here, folks. Race winner. Marini is so consistent and if he gets an extra His 1% consistency is unbelievable yeah then hey who knows yeah and Vinales says three words three words I'll be fast that's fighting talk to me I think well Very... this is what we said uh, before the podcast that he's not topping the timesheets of the test which means he's going to win the championship <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, because when he when he looks good, he does shit. So now he looks average. Now he's going to do amazing. You Which said it, not me. Say. Top yeah. four yeah. average. Yeah, yeah. average. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is interesting that Cotero did brand the Yamaha M1 a bit of a disaster, thanks to the new tires. Mm-hmm. Big sandbagging. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, he does like to be honest as well, though, yeah, when things are going wrong. So I'm a bit scared, but yeah, we'll see. He does like to wear his heart on his sleeve a little bit, doesn't he? So yeah, I'm going to be very intrigued to see how it goes. It's um, when is the next test? I'm going to get the actual date up. Uh, calendar 13th of March, I think. There we go. Let's have a look. 17th of March. Oh, wait, that's Moto 2. Yeah, 11th, 11th. Um, and then 17th is Moto 2 and Moto 3 so yeah 11th and 12th Saturday and Sunday Um, that's going to be interesting because the support mile I think for me it's a weird circuit to 
Heston. Oh, it's amazing. Because yeah, it's the opener, though, isn't it? Yeah, I understand it because it's the opener, but it's like... Well, they do so, the same for Qatar, and Qatar's a really stupid track to test on. It's just because it's the opener. Yeah. Flat. Yeah, like, I fully get it because it is the opener, like, but it's like, if you are trying to gather good data, Portimao is not the fucking place you go. You go to Jerez, you go to Catalonia, you go to those kind of tracks, but not... Well, I'm not gaslighting New Year, but I disagree. <laughs> Fair enough. No, because Portimao has a bit of everything. Like, you can't yeah. set up for one part of the circuit because then the next part is totally different. It's a really yeah. good test. It's like Hareth in that no sector is the same. It has everything. So it's really actually quite useful to test on. Let's just mm. do all 21 races at Portimao. Portimao and oh, Phillip Island. Shit. Yeah, Portimao's just shit. alternate between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Portimao for MotoGP is shit. They're so boring. Oh, no, it's, it's a car not. track. No, I, I agree. It is a car track. It's so bad. Like Moto2 oh Moto3, excellent. The Moto3. Portimao. MotoGP is fucking mm. boring. Shit. So boring. Gosh. Yeah, controversial. But then again, as I said on the Bad MotoGP Memes podcast, MotoGP in general is just fucking boring and it's why World Superbikes is better than MotoGP. But yes, anyway. Ben, what are we doing here? Yeah, let's um, focus the whole podcast on MotoGP then, shall we? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I think that's enough. We've talked about the manufacturer. It. We've covered We've winged it. It's 22-22. But yeah, so we'll be back next weekend. Wait, we've got a guest. We've got a guest for next weekend. You're joking. No, we've got a guest. That's great. (laughs) I won't say the name. Uh, But yeah, we've got a guest. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, And we will be, yeah, back later on. So yeah, thank you for listening and goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Fantastic. Bye. Bye. Bye.